and this small little uh, white feather flew from the veranda and and landed right in my face and I was like okay I got it <laughs> I got it um, just want to acknowledge the angelic uh, presence and assistance in every way in fellowship and in worship and just in love and adoration and just opening up portals um, for us and on our behalf um, so I just I just want to acknowledge those those angels that are, are with us this morning that we carry in our homes and, and in our lives and just wherever we go, we have a battalion, as it's called, yes, of, of angels that just go with us. And um, I've been looking at some uh, YouTube videos, just some of them have just popped up by mistake. Um, and you can just see where people have taken photos and they, you can see the, the angel's presence in a lot of these, these uh, clips. And I think it's just, uh, sometimes you can't see them with the naked eye, but there's, there's evidence. Well, a lot of times you can't see with the naked eye, let's put it that way, because we don't have that kind of supernatural vision of the time. But every now and again, there's, there's, a, um, there's a presence that they nudge us with or they touch us or they embrace us and, and it's a physical thing that we feel. And I just feel to acknowledge their angelic presence um, that go with us. So you go alone in your physical body, but um, with you are assistance in, in every way. So when you enter into worship, you're not worshiping on your own, you're worshiping with just a choir of angels that are singing with you and, and joining in the celebration of the king and and who he is and what he's been and what he means to us and um, just in different when we go into areas of of healing and uh we declaring he healing over people we've got we've got hands of angels that are stretching out and touching those bodies and even if we're physically not there when we when we praying and just lifting up different situations we're actually releasing armies uh, of angels or or even individual angels because I'm, I'm not uh, not we're never sure of exactly what that looks like but into those situations when we declare things so heaven um, listens in and starts partaking in what we're partaking in because we're in Christ we're in the unity of the Father Son and Spirit so we can't we can't separate ourselves from that um, the angels are always with us, always adoring Jesus, always bowing down to the King of Kings. And together, we are in this wonderful dance and marriage with, with the unity of the Father and the Son and the Spirit, with the angels just present. Anyway, that's not what I was, actually. <laughs> I wanted to share that, but that's a little bit more than what I was hoping to do. But um, I just wanted to share something that's been marinating in my heart over the, over the last couple of days, maybe three days or so. And I, it's like, I can't, I can't release it until I speak about it. And I've just been mulling on the culture, our culture, um, our unity with Christ, that culture I'm talking about. And um, I've just been made aware of so many different cultures that we are, um, we are, 
in relationship with. So it's it's a culture of our, maybe our, our family. What culture does your family carry? Um, what culture do you carry in Christ? What culture are people picking up when they come into your environment, when they come into your space? And um, Anton, I've been talking quite a bit about our different backgrounds and cultures and also just the the, the people that we've been in relationship with and our, our unity with those people we invite it it just doesn't just land on us we encourage our connection and unity with people in their culture so if you come from a um i'm just thinking of a culture without putting it on Golfing, okay, there you are. Golfing, surfing. Oh, that's a we'll good leave the surfers alone. Yeah, Golfing culture. Well, well, yeah, whichever. You can pick that culture. You know, when people open their mouths and they go, "Yeah, did you see the cricket today?" You're like, "Okay, that's not unusual. I expected you to be that person." You know, um, but my my reference is more our spiritual culture and the different connections that we've had through our background of our religious walk. So from the time that you felt that you connected with Jesus, where was that and who did you decide to um, come under? What banner you, did you decide to come under? And we, we invite that. Nobody forces that on us. So we chose to be a part of a spiritual culture that we chose. And that culture didn't choose us. We chose that culture. Um, and I just feel like we need to almost detox from the cultures of this world and, and marry and unify our hearts more and more with the culture of heaven. So when people come into our presence and we enter into different environments, what do they read? So there's, like I said, there's some people, you can see their culture exactly, you know where they're coming from. Before they open their mouths, just their presence and who they are, you know exactly what culture they are connected into, married into, because that's what I feel like. It's it's a marriage. You choose to get married to your partner. You don't. Um, they don't force that on you. They ask you to come into unity with them in a marriage, and you do that willingly. And I feel like we there's there's stuff that we need to let go of from the culture that we come from, whether it's. Um, doctrine or theology that just doesn't settle well in your spirit to just lay it out before the father just let the holy spirit wash over your culture because we're carrying a banner of the culture of heaven and are we reflecting that culture or are we reflecting a me culture is it me that tries to get into your space that starts to connect with you so that i can have favor with you are you trying to get favor because of who you are, or are you in favor anyway because of the culture of heaven on you? And that's that's what's been stirring in my spirit. In actual fact, it's left me heartbroken. Just one minute. Um, I just, I just feel like this, we could be, sorry. We know that a, a perfection in the flesh, flesh is not, uh, we're not striving for that. 
Christ has made us perfect by our unity with him. Um, but there is, there is a culture that sometimes we choose to be part of that might seem spiritual. It might seem like the right thing to do, but maybe it's offensive. Maybe your spiritual culture is offensive to those that you come in contact with. Now, just I know in the, um, in the early stages of our marriage and our walk with God, um, we, we performed to be in a certain environment because it was expected of us and we thought it was the right thing to do. Um, so we did that at the cost of our own identity, our identity that was um, maybe something we needed to cultivate for our family. And our family um, were, had to fit into the culture that we decided to be part of. And that's a, it's a, it's a journey, okay, of many culture, just say not necessarily um, a church environment, but our friendship environments. Sometimes the people we connect with dictate to us who we need to be, who they want us to be. So we become that because we want to be in favor. And it looks like we are in favor when we are connected in certain environments. So we start acting like that and we forget who we are in Christ. We forget our true identity. And that's the stirring of the spirit that I feel the Holy Spirit is like in this time of aloneness and this time where the enemy has come to rob and steal and destroy in, in terms of the whole world and the things that have happened around us. Who are you? What is the culture you carry? What is it that you are connected with? Are you connected with me? That what comes through is hope and promise and adoration of who Christ is in the face of the earth? Or are you just going, who can I run with? Who can I run with to, to make things okay for me? We're not running with anybody. We've arrived. We've arrived right in the center of the cross with Jesus. We, we have the fragrance of Christ. Um, my family were um, down at the beach yesterday and they came across a few people that we have relationships with in our history, let's put it that way. And, you know, you can just pinpoint the culture of where people are coming from without actually talking to them, with just watching their body language. And, and then you can pick up where, whether you are actually in favor or actually you feel uh, spoken down to. And I think a lot of, uh, just hold on, sorry. Um, we get confused and we feel insecure in some environments and it's not your identity that you are picking up. It's the identity of what's going out there. It's a blanket and a, and a spirit of a culture that's trying to land on you trying to hold on to you so that you become what they want you to be or, or the environment wants you to be. So I'm a surfing mom. I'm not a surfer. I'm not going to try and become something because that's what my family do. I'm part of the mix, but I'm not the surfer in the family. So I, I need to be secure in that. 
if you are a golfer or a cyclist, like some of you are, like Mish and Nick, and there's a few guys that love cycling. I'm not a cycler. I'm not going to try and be that. I'm not going to try and fit into that culture by starting to cycle because it actually gives me favor. It brings me security. We need to be secure in the ground that we're standing on because of who we are. Because we found an intimacy in Christ that gives us that identity, that, that shrugs off everything else. You know, the uh, drastic example, but say for instance, we, we watched a movie where um, this woman uh, became paralyzed and all she wanted to do, she's got a family, all she wanted to do was exit from the life. She just, um, just wanted, she didn't want to be there. She was miserable, depressed, and, and she was really down. But somehow a miracle came into her life and she, was, she found a different reason for living. And she developed a different kind of identity, but successful in it. So if you've had things that have come against you that have marred your identity, or felt, you feel like you've been robbed in, in areas of your life and um, you've lost your, feet, your footing, just go back, go back to who you are, go back to the cross and find out where your identity truly rests. It's in the cross, it's in him. He hasn't changed his mind about you. You might've slipped along the way. Maybe some of your, your alliances have changed. Maybe you've been hurt or burnt out by a, maybe a, a broken marriage or broken relationships, or maybe even a lost one in your family. Maybe somebody's passed on that you, it was, tragic or whatever. Our identity is not in that, in those things. Our identity is in the fact we have an intimate relationship with Jesus. His suffering, his sacrifice was for us so that we could have a union with the Father, Son, and Spirit. And I love the idea that before the world was even created, Father, Son, and Spirit were there. Together they created the earth. Together they created us as individuals. They know us as a trinity. They know us well. They're not like going, hey, have you seen, um, have you seen Martin lately? What is he up to? Uh, have you seen Nick or Gunt? Have you seen them? What are they up to? They're not conversing about us. They know us. As unity, Father, Son, and Spirit, they are union within us. We are part of them. They know us well. They know our weaknesses. They know when, we, when our flesh is failing and they are there in us. We've just got to find ourselves back in that place of rest and settle in there. Settle Father, Son, and Spirit. And uh, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. That's beautiful. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we can, we can only be what we've had revelation of, you know, and um, um, uh, that's where we've had this encounters way, you know, Bill Johnson said a man with an encounter is not at the mercy of a man for argument. And that's why they went after encounters so radically. And, uh, you know, the, the, you know, we call them revivalists and all that. They, they go after radical encounters um, uh, with the presence, with the, the substance of, of the, um, of the Father, well, the Trinity, the Father, uh, through the Holy Spirit. Sorry, I'm just scrambling for words here because it's, I'm kind of 
my head's expanding as I'm thinking about it. And um, but the, but for transformation, you have to have an, you need an encounter, and um, that's why we we are just passionate about encounters. You know, Paul said, uh, um, being being baptized in the Holy Spirit, being continue being being baptized. In other words, continue. Baptism was immersion and, and, and being raised out into something completely new. And, and it's just what Liz is saying is the culture. We can't, we, we, we are what we've been exposed to. And we have this, we've just, he's blessed us by exposing us to himself. And now we become, that's how we become. And the, the battle is to, is to, not the battle, but the, it's, it's our struggle is just to stay in that revelation and not shift into other revelations and get drawn into this and drawn into that. And, and a lot of it is the way of the world is to get our eyes off, the, the, off Jesus and onto, onto the, whatever the world wants. I'm, I'm not even bringing it into a spiritual realm. I'm not saying it's, you know, like oh, the forces of darkness. And, it's, that's, and sometimes you don't even need the forces of darkness for us to, to forget who we are, who, who, who created us and who's included us. Sometimes we just, we just need ourselves. We, as someone said, you know, uh, he said, hey, I'm fighting. I asked him, how are you doing? He said, I'm fighting, fighting, fighting. I said, what's wrong? What's happening? He says, now I'm fighting my worst enemies. I said, and who's that? He said, me. I'm my worst enemy. I'm fighting it. And sometimes like, we're just fighting ourselves all the time. We just got to have peace, just find peace and just rest in everything he's done. I walked into a shop and I just, um, I was chatting with the one guy and he just, and we, a rest came up and then one of the people in the shop looked at me and said, I don't, that's not what I need to, I don't want to hear that today. And a beautiful believer, lovely believer. Uh, and uh, uh, a mom and a, a person that's carrying weight in their business, and I just looked at her, and, and the Holy Spirit just had so much compassion, and I just unpackaged rest for her, and then you could just see this weight lift and go, and uh, uh, and the guy's with was like he was like he, he's like a, a radical, uh, um, you know they got prayer meetings and things are happening and da 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 da, and and he was so excited. Oh, this it, it's it's that place of rest. Presence of peace, absence of, of, not the absence of work, presence of peace, all that stuff. We just, we just rest it. It's so easy for us to, to understand that. But so many out there haven't, haven't got a clue. And that's even in, in Romans, it says, how are they going to know if you don't tell them? How are they going to know if you don't go? And, and the reality is, is we don't have to now get in a boat and go to, to some foreign lands. We can just wander down the streets of our city and find that the nations of unbelievers that the father wants to give identity to, to bring in to the family of, and bring into the bride. I, I had this, sorry, I, I want to share a little thing here, which ties in with lives and we didn't compare notes. Um, so, but the, but the, you know, the, the Trinity and the union and the dance, you know, we, we, we kind of, I, I personalized it. So I've seen me as in the Trinity. That's amazing, and you know, like, but I hadn't really thought about everyone else who's <laughs> in the Trinity. Well, it was just so beautiful to get this this revelation of union that I just kind of owned it for me for a while. And then I heard um, someone just say that you know, it's, it's the whole bride is in is in the, is being brought into union. So it's it's the whole bride of Christ, and it's everyone, every single believer is in. It's like we're all swaying in this dance together all the X number of billion of us 
you know, and that's why unity is like, it's profound. And I was going to read Ephesians 4, and, the, and it's just, it, it, after Ephesians 1 to 3, Paul's like, laid out this beautiful, the gospel so wonderfully. And then into 4, he starts with this, this he just, it's, it's a, um, a plea for unity. Because of all of creation, the bride is the one uh, entity that actually likes to devour itself. You know, Paul said that stop biting each other, otherwise you're going to devour, devour your, you're going to devour each other, and we've got this thing. But if if we can just, we can just love that the bride and and everyone that's in the dance with us, you know, we start, the, 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 we put an end to to devouring, and that's and it's and it's just we can play a that little role in being part of the solution and not the problem. <laughs> Does that make sense? Uh, I hope that blessing you. I've been reading um, um, Eager to Love. It's Richard Raw's uh, unpackaging of um, Francis of Assisi, St. Francis of Assisi's life. And um, just as the whole aspect of how he had this red encounter with love, and then he, that was just fashion and shaped his whole life. I just want to read you two um, little episodes. Episodes from and it ties in with Les. What the, the next one that you'll see how, how it ties in. Um, if your only goal is to love, there's no such thing as faith. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's such a profound, deep statement. You just dwell on that. Okay, what is love? Now we've got to get into and now we've got to unpackage and we've unpackaged that what love is, I think, fairly well. But if we just go back to Corinthians uh, 1 Corinthians 13 and we go, okay. This is how he's loved me, a portion of how he's loved me. Okay, Holy Spirit, transform me in this realm of love. Help me be someone who doesn't try and love, but is love. You know, just just help me and and watch. He will help you. So don't pray it if you're not serious, because he will he will get involved with you, and he will he will uh, help you. Francis succeeded in living in this single-hearted way, and thus turned all failure on its head and even made, made failure into success. The intense eagerness to love made his whole life an astonishing victory for the, for the human and divine spirit and showed how they can work so beautifully together. The eagerness to love is the core foundation of a spiritual genius. He encountered a love that just keep opening to him and then passed on the same by opening and opening and opening to the increasing larger world around him. He will, willingly fell into the bright ab abyss, abyss, as poet and writer Christian Wyman put, puts it, where all weighing and counting are unnecessary and even burdensome. After his conversion, I love this, he lived the rest of his life in an entirely different economy, the, the, the nonsensical economy of grace, where two plus two equals a hundred and deficits are some, somehow an, an advantage. That's so that's just that's the the way of of um, um oh my sorry my things jumped back to where I was. I'm chasing my face. Yeah, I think I think that the whole culture of where we come from is not to is to love ourselves, and when you understand yourself in Christ. Um, you don't go about trying to change others. We're, we're not about changing each other or changing each other's view. If I disagree with you or you disagree with me, it's fine. We, we have different references 
and that's okay. I'm not about to tell you you've made a mistake or you, I need to convince you to think the way that I do. We're all on a journey in our intimacy with God. That's, that's our journey is to, to get to know who we are in him ongoing. And that's daily. And what we're reflecting out of us is a byproduct of our union with him. And that is love, forgiveness, wholeness. Yes, we can get hurt. Yes, we can get thrown off kilter at times. Um, probably a lot of times. Well, I do anyway. I get, I get a bit, my nose gets out of joint quite a few times. Um, but I'm going to have that conversation with myself. Leslie, who are you in Jesus, really? What is it that you're wanting to aim to be? And I'm like, Jesus, I, I need your heart. And that's our ongoing walk with him, is that he is in us. But are, are we in unity with him in terms of our culture of ourselves? Are you loving yourself the way that he wants you to experience his love? And that, that's an ongoing journey for me. Every day it's a new experience for me, falling in love with me. Because most of the time, we have uh, standards for ourselves that we, we actually move the benchmark all the time. We don't always fit into it. But then when I come to that place of rest in him, I start seeing myself differently. And that's regular. It's, I don't have to fit into a category. I don't have to fit anything. I need my category is to fit into the cross. As long as I'm there, I can discover who I am more and more. And that love that he's poured out on me. That's what I want to drink in. That's what I want to give out. And it's not deliberate. As I said, it's a byproduct of our intimacy with him. If you're not connecting with him, if you're not falling in love with Jesus all the time, what's going to come out is just your flesh. Because that's all you've got. Because as we know, is what, what goes in is actually who we are. What you put in your mouth, spiritually and physically, is what your, your person starts reflecting to everybody around you. And I want to affect the people around me in a positive way. I want to love them when they're not lovable. And to the cost of myself, because sometimes I really want to go, you're not lovable. But in me is the Jesus that goes, this is what I doubt for. This is what I died for. I died for the unlovelies. I died for the cracks. I died for the wounds in people. So redemption can come to the world. Yeah. So have you found your place? Found my place. Yeah. Sorry for the delay. <laughs> um, is it making sense? <laughs> like they're too dovetailing or are we uh, going at different angles here? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it says here later on the chapter 13, Francis was a living example of where we are all being attracted and led. Just as the cosmic Christ served as the omega point for all of history, Francis is also a prime attractor forward for what the scholastics call a final cause. They both draw humanity forward just by walking the full journey themselves. You know, we've seen Gary, Gary, I see Gary, thanks, your thumbs up, Gary. <laughs> Francis is, you know, it, 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 just as Christ was, was drew pulled people forward out of where they were, pulled them forward. So he's now talking about St. Francis, Franciscan monks. He obviously was their, their mentor in history, and, and they've 
what he taught has been become their focal point and has drawn them forward into deeper realms of revelation. Um, they both draw humanity forward just by walking the full journey themselves. And, and when we just rest in this, do you know that we too can draw people of goods and trish? They, get, they stand up and they share with broken people. And when they leave, they've drawn them out of brokenness and darkness and pain into a, in a spacious place. When churches gather, they draw, it's drawing people forward, hopefully, into better things. You know? And that's why this gospel of the grace and the unconditional, unquenchable love of the Father is, is so profound and so necessary to be, to be lived and shared because it draws forward into the deeper realms of, of, of uh, his power, which is his love, and, we, and transformation happens. Transform people, quite simply, transform people, and set the bar of history higher for all of us. That is how we fundamentally help other people much more than the uh, codependent forms of help, where we get people like hooked into us and they need us. The whole thing is not, we, we, is not to get people to need us, but get to people to stand on their own two feet and live in such a way as that they too draw people forward. Okay, last one. And he's talking about all the different saints and he talks about other people that aren't saints. And um, he also, he, anyway, let me not go there, but... Um, he says here, we canonize, he's talking about the Catholics, we canonize saints only after they die. Almost as if we do not know how to recognize the real thing, uh, real thing while they, were, they are here. So once they die, now we can hear their message. The, the church resisted Francis's message. Like many times he wrote to the Pope and said, uh, um, this is what he sees. He wrote uh, the law of 2012, 21 or something, and they rejected it. They re and then when he wasn't around, then they accepted it. Um, in many, and this is Richard Raw about himself, in many countries where I have taught, people watched my eyes, my smile, or lack of it, my gestures, my neediness, my peace, or lack of it. And that became the primary message that, that affected them or disaffected them much more than my theologizing and my sermons. If my expression, expressions and energy were off, my teaching was largely a waste of their time. And so that's, it's like, it's just so, so it, it's so deep, but so encouraging because it's like, like as Les is saying, what is the culture? What culture, what has fashioned and shaped us? You know, what is, what is that, that overriding sense that has made us who we are, and then given us a vision of who we, we can be. In fact, and that, that who we can be is actually who we want to be. So we just like, and, and the, this culture that he's unpackaged for us in the Gospels, you know, when you read Ephesians 1 to 3 from the mystical eyes of, of, of Paul, who was inside looking out, he wasn't outside trying to get in. This was coming from deep sources. I, I was just thinking, where was he when he wrote the letters? He was in a, in a dusty little cell. No, he was in the third heavens. He was in the places of bliss. He was in ecstasies. And he was, he was in deep realms of communication with the Holy Spirit. And he wrote and he penned these letters. It's almost like Jesus, I don't say anything I haven't heard. I don't do anything I don't see. Paul, 
he wrote he wrote this beautiful stuff because that's what he was hearing in the heavenly realms he was solving problems for corinthians oh, but where was he where was he had been there so he knew the people he got the report how are we going to fix this Holy Spirit had a, had a plan had a solution you know, and, we'd, and so the, the, the culture, the, the, the entry point into that culture, I shared last week, last, last week is grace. That's, we just, that's the entry point. We walk through unconditional favor. When we come into the realms of the love of the Father, agape love of the Father. <laughs> and then we live in permanent fellowship through the Holy Spirit, with Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and the whole of the bride dancing in unity. That's our culture. Our culture is a dance. I can't dance. I can't waltz. I, can, I used to pogo in the day. Um, but I can't stuck uh, um, waltzing. I've got, if I had two left foot, it would be helpful. <laughs> it's, this is what we in this beautiful. Just here, and here they say the, the unforced rhythms of grace. And the, the grace has become. It's, it's notes, L-O-V-E, L-O-V-E, okay, I'm done. How much time have we got left? We've got time. We don't have yeah. unlimited time. Okay. Does anybody want to share something? Share their hearts or <laughs> whatever the Holy Spirit's been saying to you? Otherwise, I'm going to carry on rambling. <laughs> Just remember to unmute. Wow, Anthony, that was manna from heaven again. That was so, so from the Holy Spirit. We just, um, yeah, soaring on wings of eagles on that word. That that was amazing, lovely, wonderful. How you you both just dovetailed so much and um, was just so by the Holy Spirit. So we just uh, last night. I was just, I was just sensing. The Holy Spirit wants us to encounter more, more encounters, and you were speaking about that, and yeah, just everything you shared was just so, so God, and um, wonderful to to be part of this this culture of Northway, and to be part of you guys, and yeah, you're really imparting such treasure to our lives. We really appreciate you so much. I was just reading something this morning. I'll send it to the group. Um, but uh, also just about, it's from Nate Johnson. It says, in the next three months, there are coming significant encounters that will bring closure to the burnout and release a fresh burning. Many will have face-to-face -face moments with Jesus that will loose every burden and debris from the battle, cut the cords of unshakable hardship and ignite a fresh cry and a Macedonian call to places and assignments not previously on the radar. 
And then it just talks about visitations in the night that rekindle lost love and clear you of every other affection and desire. And you'll be able to dream again, laugh again. The wounds from the past will close up and you'll no longer live defined by your past. But you get up, pick up your bed and walk into the new day without even one arrow in your side or roadblock at your feet. You'll feel like you've stepped out of the fiery furnace and were given a burning torch and a longing to see the harvest you were created for. Where you were in survival mode and able to pierce through the veil, you will feel the victory in your spirit and a fresh shout to take the land. And joy will be so deep, like a fresh well springing up inside of you and you will be led forth. The road behind you will begin to feel like an old story and you will be consumed by the newness of the fresh wind in your sails. So I'll just put the rest on the group, but it really just talks about, um, it might look like seeds falling in the ground and dying in an old way in season or winter and end. As you lay down your backpack at these feet, you'll begin to pick up the new. So lay down your unfulfilled promises and unfinished business. The messes that you've tried to reconcile and simply surrender to this new chapter. I thought that that was quite encouraging, you know, that we're entering into like a strengthening as we've come through this furnace of affliction, like everything that can be shaken is only that which is Christ remaining. And I just felt that that assurance that we're going to be stepping out of this place into a place of authority and victory and um, where, where there's going to be such a release of, um, yeah, just the promises and dreams and all those things that, that we, we're so longing to see. But just coming out of that intimacy that you spoke about this morning, Les, feel that that drawing and those encounters, like you said, and it's really when we have a revelation of him that we can really live in the fulfillment of who we are in our true identity. Yeah. Um, Ant and I were just chatting last night how um, immature, in a way, um, and we thought we had arrived, you know, when we, we started journeying with God in, in the life of our relationship with Jesus, and we thought that there was just, there was so much we knew, but it was, it was more man's um, expectation that we were like saying yes and amen to and uh, we agreed with and we started journeying on that road with what it looked like on the outside but not what was going on here and it took us quite a few years to actually discover that who are we actually who who is the cross inside of us what does that look like and the moment you start reflecting what that looks like it's incredible how things just can dissipate. The lies can just fall off of you. And I'm, I'm not, you know, I think we've downplayed pain in the past. There's so many like conflicts and things like that. We go, oh, just get over it. You know what? Getting over it is not the issue. It's how we work through it in him, leaving the things behind. Like you say, uh, Trish, that, that is what is um, the word that's come through. Is we gonna those things are gonna look like nothing in comparison to the promises that we've had, not to not to throw the baby in the bathwater out, but just to hold those things in tension before the father. 
and he knows. He was there right at the beginning of creation. Not only the creation of our lives, but the creation on a whole. He knows who we are. He knows what he has for us. He knows the journey we are. And he knows what it looks like in front of us. And it's all about ongoing journey of healing and love, restoration, and being attractive to the world around us. I'm not in talking about people. I'm just talking about the earth. The earth needs to glean from the, the positive love that the Father's put in us. We need to appreciate what we have around us. And in that same spirit, things begin to, begin to grow. They become something that maybe they were dying before. Maybe there's a tree that you want to see growing. But out of the appreciation and love for creation, the Father has given us. We didn't create that. We could have planted the seed that was given to us through somebody else. We didn't create it. He did. He created those things. And as we appreciate him in all creation, so we see the earth blossoming. So we see people coming alive. We don't always have to point people to the gospel through the word, but we are the word. So if we're pointing people to love through the word that's inside of us, we see atmospheres change. We see cultures coming into alignment with the cross and letting go of the past, letting go of the hurts that they're maybe not able to right now. But we are hope so that people can live in that place of letting go, being restored. Thanks, Trish. That was so encouraging. Yeah. So awesome. Can I can I pray for us? Just feel there's um just in the, the light of this there's of that pulling forward. I feel there's an anointing on us. Um, we've heard this word and if we just receive it, then there's an anointing on us to pull people forward. And um, sometimes we don't we don't understand who we are. Or, you know, we it's so hard. To, that's why affirmation and encouragement is, is so valuable because uh, and genuine heartfelt one, you know, not flattery and stuff like that. But but when we genuinely just say thank you to someone and we encourage them, it's it's almost like the voice of heaven pulling them forward. And then sometimes we need to hear it ourselves because then we just something we just don't know sometimes who we are until someone helps us and tells us. And uh, and I just feel there's an anointing um, on us to. Um, to pull people forward into deeper realms of revelation of, of, of who they are and in him and, and of him in them. And so if you can agree with me, just open your hearts and, and just receive. Um, Father, I just want to thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to thank you, Jesus, just for anointings, which is authority. It's keys to doors. And uh, right now we just receive those keys um, to, for the doors of, of revelation and of, of and, and an actual um, an ability to speak uh, timely words, words of life, words of encouragement, um, anointed words, and, and also just to, to carry upon our very uh, beings the cloak that, that would, would help people just to shift paradigms in their lives. And I, I just want to thank you, the Father, that it's your heart that releases these anointings, put mantles on people, gives keys brings words, brings just, you're the, you're the master of, of um, time and, and timeless occasions. And you, when you bump into someone, don't be surprised, just rest and flow in it because it's, there's a river coming out of you that is coming from heaven for that person. 
And I sort of, I sort of um, praise just such a heightened awareness of that in our lives and an easiness out of which we will just operate um, in, in this kingdom realm. And I sort of thank you for that. And right now, receive it myself, pour it out on everyone else, and I look forward to all these um, God opportunities that come our way. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you hear that in the background? Mitchell wrote a song called Yellow Taxi Cab, I think it's called. And the, the, the chorus line is, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Tore down paradise, put up a parking lot. And um, 
you know, it just, uh, <laughs> love you all. So we uh, swim in the deep ocean of fellowship. Again, we'll, it's just good to see faces and uh, know that, um, that we loved makes a big difference in life. Just knowing that you loved. St. Francis said, only loved people can love. And when we love someone, we empower them to love others. So go out and love people. I just bless you in Jesus' name. Thanks, guys. Love you, love you, love you. <laughs> right, thank you. Cheers, cheers.